Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This morning, we are in the fifth Sunday of Lent, and we are going to be looking at this idea of giving up our lives, specifically diving into Jesus' interaction with Martha, the sister of Lazarus, after Lazarus dies, before Jesus raises him from the dead. And so join us as we unpack this scripture and what it means to give up our lives. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube page, which is linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happen at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. And we hope you enjoy this week's message. And please don't forget to share it with others. Our scripture lesson this week comes from the book of John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. And through your word for us this day, we would continue along this journey of Lent to grow and mature in your love and grace as we look at the ways we can grow closer to you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. You know, sometimes I begin to wonder if we ever truly grasp the awe-inspiring nature of how Jesus approaches the themes of life and death in the Gospels. Because I think when we look at the way it leads the early church, early theologians, early leaders, we begin to think of this nature of eternal life and begin to, this, and begin to understand this idea. Because you see, when we look at the modern practice, the way that we practice Lent here in 2022 and the way it's developed over the centuries, the overarching theme, which gets uncomfortable for some of us, is this idea of confronting our own mortality. Right, think about it. We are in a season where we are journeying toward the certain death of our Lord and Savior. I'm sorry, like, a little graphic. But that's what we're doing here. This man not only sent by God, but a man that we believe to be God himself. 
This season only ends one way. We spend the entirety of this season believing that not only does Christ offer himself to death as an ultimate act of love, but also to reign in the nature by which we understand the kingdom of God as a part of creation, not just as a part of the church. And so we we take this understanding of where this season leads us, and we continue into the fifth week of this Lenten series, where we're looking at giving things up. This nature of fasting, as we seek to understand deeper our faith, our relationship with God, and what it means not just to practice our faith inside the church, but to practice our faith outside of the church. To mature our relationship with God. And then also to deepen our own sense of humanity while we reside here on earth. Right? Life can be such a fragile thing. I mean, I wasn't here last week because we had an up-close encounter of how fragile life can be when Sarah's grandmother passed away. Right? A, a woman who up until the last few weeks really hadn't even been sick. I wouldn't have even considered close to death at all. But we learn that life can be fragile enough. To be clear, this does not lessen any sense of grief that we may have in any way, shape, or form. Right? Whether grandma had died suddenly or whether it was a prolonged sickness, our grief would be the same. But I think in our faith, understanding life as two points and then just a bunch of stuff in between often limits our capacity to truly know and understand what it is that God offers to each of us when we are promised this nature of eternal life and this idea that we pull into our faith tradition of sanctification. Because in the frailty of life, in the fragility of life, we confront a God who seeks to love us. And yet when we experience life in its most fragile moments, instead of turning into the love of God, we try and seek justification. Finding none. Right? We want answers from God as to why this sort of suffering exists in the world. And we hear over and over again in Scripture the ways in which the limits of life and death are not of material importance to us or even to God. God does not offer the answers we want, and it often leads us to shrug our shoulders when we get asked questions like, why God had to take them away from us? Why do bad things happen to good people? These are questions I get asked as a pastor all the time, and you know what? Unfortunately, I don't have the answers, which is tough for me because I want to have all the answers. I believe that God does not work in evil ways in this world. I truly believe that God does not cause pain or suffering. Rather, I believe that God comes amid pain and suffering that occurs within our lives to offer healing and reconciliation. And one thing that I feel that I can name for certain is that life as we like to define it, as we know it, that is this understanding of living and breathing on this earth. It's just a bad marker for us to live by. And I think this is why physical death on this earth is so hard. 
right? Because grief is an all too real nature of physical loss in this life. And is the marker for what it means to have a relationship with someone. And for many of us in Sarah's family, we're going to miss grandma, but we also see God coming in and working within this family to reassure us that her life did not end with that last breath, but rather moved into a new chapter. And so how then in our lives do we reconcile this nature of of the fragileness of life against the painstaking feeling of grief? Now, without mitigating any grief whatsoever for any of us who experience loss or death or anything like that, I call us to name the nature in which we are called to give up our lives. To give up our lives. A seemingly simplistic naming of something we are probably all well aware of. But in my experience... One of, us, one of the hardest things for us to live out in a practical, theological type of way. I don't think anyone would argue the nature in which Christ calls us to lay down our lives, but what does it mean? What does it look like? And here I turn us to the Gospel of Matthew real quick before we dive into our story today, where Jesus says, if, you, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. I mean, it seems a little oxymoronic there, the way that it's laid out. But we hear Jesus saying that to truly gain an understanding of what it means to live, we must in the same moment sacrifice what it means to have life. Now, on Easter, we'll talk about resurrection and and giving up death. But today, we're talking about giving up our lives. We're giving up this connotation, or we're taking on this understanding of giving things up. This nature in which we become more attached, feeling more attached to the physicality and less to the spirituality of our lives. It's not that we're saying we're willing to die. That's not what we're saying when we give up our lives. But we're saying that we are not bound to the physicalities of this world or by the nature in which it dictates who we are supposed to be. Now, I know that's probably a lot of churchy-sounding lingo. So let's dive in and let's look at what this could mean for us. Because if we are true to ourselves... We ask ourselves what we are willing to do for Christ. And when we enter a story like this one in John in the Gospels today, we reflect not only on those words from Matthew about losing our life, but we gain an understanding of what it means to live in the here and now. No longer is death marked, no longer is life marked by two dates on a calendar and a dash in between. But life is defined by who Christ calls us to be. So if we truly take this to heart, then this short 10-verse section, we see the naming of Jesus as both the resurrection and the life. For those unfamiliar with this story of the raising of Lazarus, let me start at the beginning, verse 1 here in chapter 11. We start out by hearing that Lazarus is sick, ill, and near death. And yet we read that Jesus 
Jesus stays where he is, remains away. Now we can admit, as we read here in John, there is a little bit of a theatrical presence as this story seems to build. We can almost hear the expected ending of what is about to happen if Jesus stays away. When Jesus says he's going to remain, we can naturally assume that Lazarus is going to die. However, it is in the nature that we encounter the witness that Christ offers to his disciples and to Mary and Martha that help us to understand what it looks like for us to give up our lives for Christ. And it's Thomas. Thomas, the man who was called the twin, most of all, who names it. And we read in verse 16, which is right before this little section, where Thomas says, let us also go that we may die with him. We talk about this nature of new birth when it comes to our faith. We talk about what it means to follow Christ. And to give up our lives means that there is a natural death. Not that our bodies die, but that we die to self. We die to self so that we can know and understand truly who it is Christ is calling us to be. No longer are our lives dictated by society, by the greater world, but our lives are dictated by Christ and we seek to be transformed and to help to transform others. When we follow the story and the verses that are before us today, we see Jesus sitting with Martha who is grieving the loss of her brother. Mary and Martha holding this deep spiritual place in Jesus' heart by many biblical scholars, accounted as one of the disciples, not one of the twelve, but as the disciples who would follow Jesus. And Jesus takes this time to not only heal their pains as they are experiencing this loss of, of Lazarus, but also as a moment of divine declaration that instills within, each, within both of them and within each and every one of us the ways we approach a life guided by Christ's nature wrapped up and encapsulated by this nature of who Christ names himself to be. Right, we hear Jesus say to Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then just the greatest question that we can get in scripture. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do we believe that Christ offers a life that is greater than anything we could experience on our own? It's almost as if there should be this huge long pause between verses 26 and 27. For you theatrical TV fans, it's like this is, that question is the end of a season. And now you've got to wait four months in order to hear the answer. And yet all we have to do is go to verse 27 to see the affirmation that Martha knows and understands who Jesus is and what Jesus offers. In the midst of Martha's pain, in the midst of Martha's grief, in the midst of all Martha is experiencing, in this physical nature of death, she is offered spiritual healing and life. And even as we read on, if you continue on in this passage and you see where Jesus goes, when he goes and he begins to comfort Martha, we see that even Jesus experiences the grief of Lazarus' passing. 
Jesus notes the nature in which trusting in Jesus and trusting in him as the resurrection and life and thereby trusting in God means that we give up our lives in order to experience the fullness of what God offers to each and every one of us. To die to self so that we can uncover and make clear the image of God that each and every one of us are created in. And in uncovering it, we seek to live and trust by the nature of love and grace that God has put within each and every one of us. Right? Jesus is calling Martha to be rest assured in the resurrection and the life that Lazarus will experience. And Jesus even names that Lazarus is dead. And it is this nature in which we believe in resurrection, that we believe in life, that we ourselves live. Are we willing to believe in this nature? Right? We give up our lives when we allow the free-flowing grace of God to go alongside of our very being. Jesus' proclamation of being resurrection and life calls us to trust in Jesus, to trust God. It means every part of you is on board with what God is calling us to do. I love that image in Ezekiel 37 where we see this barren field of bones. That when Ezekiel surrenders himself to God, offers a new sense of life for the people. Right? God calls on Ezekiel to prophesy for muscle, for sinew, for skin, for breath. We trust that God is going to work through us when we give God our lives. When we think about what giving up our lives means, it means that we are giving up everything that we use to define ourselves. Instead, we use God to define us. It means first that we allow our faith in God not only to shape us, but to really dictate what we do. If we are to have faith in God, it really needs to encapsulate and guide the whole of our lives. And then next, because we are guided by this faith, it means that we have things that we give up. Yes, that's kind of what we've been talking about in this whole series. This, this sermon right here kind of brings a lot of this series together. But it's more than that. Because it's this all-encompassing giving up. There are things that we may want to do or may used to do, but to recognize God is calling our life to intersect with our faith. And lastly, is that all of this, it takes discipline. Each one of these areas, fasting and sacrifice, we've talked about what it means to give up. But to truly give our lives to Christ and to live into this understanding of eternal life is a disciplined commitment. Our minds are constantly attuned to who God is calling us to be. As we begin to look to the close of this season, we focus on this coming promises of Easter and what they mean in our life, setting our sights both on resurrection and life. And it is in giving our lives to Jesus that all this happens. It's in acknowledging what is already there what God has been giving to us since the very moment of creation, and it's allowing the free-flowing love of Jesus to become the center of who we are. That even in the midst of all the pain and suffering in our lives, 
we seek for God to come and work in our midst and to work in the midst of the world for grace and peace. Amen. Now let us stand and join.